Welcome to the Cowgirl Code, the podcast about how to get unshakable confidence in the face of any audacious obstacle. You're the cavalry that's going to save you. I'm your host, Lori Morgan. All right. I am so excited to be here with my friend, Angie Coley, because Angie is actually one of like my podcast guru, like <laughs> I'm kicking and screaming. I, I just, I've watched Angie um, start her permission to kick ass podcast from nothing, from, from the idea, the germ of an idea into like a full-blown podcast. And, and so I'm just kind of following in her footsteps as far as that goes with the cowgirl code. We'll oh. talk about that, but First, I want to bring Angie to the to the speakers to the stage. <laughs> Hello, to darling. the virtual stage. To the Here virtual I am. stage. Woo-hoo. Exactly, Angie. So, All of the applause. <laughs> let's talk about when we met, and then we'll talk about like who you are. Yeah. Okay. So we met. I mean, I'm sure we crossed paths online a time or two before oh, sure. we met in person. Um, but we met in person at the action seminar in 2013. I remember it very vividly because I knew who you were since you were a leading copywriter and I was convinced that nobody knows who I am. So when you recognized me and we met, I was, I was taking my then partner's iPad with me to the bathroom because I was paranoid about it being stolen. Uh, I ran into you in the hallway and we yes. went to the bathroom together and you helped me protect the iPad. From <laughs> That's what, well, there weren't a lot of women in our industry back then. So they, we stood out oh, yeah. and the red hair did not hurt. So yes. there was, there was that the two well. redheads at the event. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was John Carlton's um, action seminar in San Diego. And then we've gone on to be in copy chief together and just, just buds mm-hmm. had drinking drink Merlot, had some good times. <laughs> oh yeah. Every time we wind up at the same event, same town together, it's hangout time for sure. Yes. Yes, definitely. So Angie, let's tell people who you are a little bit about how you got into well, yeah, just let's I'll let you take mm-hmm. it away from there. Well, I am a I am I call myself the designated ranter and host of the Mission ah. to Kick Ass podcast, which is a show. For me, I, I was laughing about that last <laughs> week with one of the guests. So I was like, this is the Angie show. Change the channel if you don't like it. But like, I created <laughs> a show that I needed to hear when I was coming up in entrepreneurship. And it's kind of funny because I think it ties back into what I experienced at the action seminar, which even like with you being as cool as you were and helping me protect the iPad, there was still a little bit of the star factor there. And like, oh my God, somebody that's important is talking to me. Right. And, and we as humans can create this little invisible dividing line between those that we see as successful. You are a shining star. I am over here constantly messing things up. So (laughs) clearly like we do not mix together and the same universe. We're not. And it's somewhere along the way I figured out that the person that just gave the brilliant speech, life changing world's changing speech on stage (laughs) is the same person that got down off the stage sat at the bar with their buddies and started bemoaning the fact that they just lost their biggest client and got hit with right. a lawsuit and they don't know what the hell they're going to do. So like those things, success and struggle are not mutually exclusive and you can appear to be wildly successful while also experiencing massive struggles or never really feeling like you know what you wanted, yeah. you're doing. And I really wanted to create a place where 
you could be a fly on the wall for the real conversations that happen at the bar after the event where everybody's talking about, well, I didn't know that was going to happen. And <laughs> that was a big mistake. <laughs> but I learned a lot and it wound up working out for me in the end. Like, And it's literally conducted just like this uh, talking format. I never know where right. the conversation's going to go. And I kind of love it for that. Uh, yes. I hope to emulate yeah. that too. Just like surprises. Awesome. And that because mm-hmm. what you put out there, like for regular consumption, I mean, I, that's great. I can, I want to hear that too, but I want to hear the stuff that everyone doesn't get to hear. Like, you know, like what are your weird, what are the weird things about you? And like, why are, why are you a copywriter? How did you live in your car? Like those things. Ooh. Oh, you want to hear all of the stuff. So yeah, all of it. I, I thought I was going to work in TV development. I thought that was my forever career. And after, you know, so many years of floundering and being what I call a professional student and the the student loan debt to show for it, uh, (laughs) I never really knew what I wanted to do and always just felt behind. And with all of these A players who have a plan from the time they're in kindergarten to like when they're (laughs) going to be a senator, you know, Um, and I, I was just always this creative person that was a bit too much and nobody really kind of knew what box I belonged in. Turns out I didn't belong in one. Thank ah. you very much. Um, and I've got people around me that are are super caring and loving and supportive. And they don't understand this dream that I have to be a writer and a musician. And so all they're seeing is danger signs. Like she's making mm. bad choices. She's going to be in danger. Oh my God. Oh no. Oh no. Protect ha. her from herself. They told me to be a doctor or a lawyer. Uh, jokes on them. Doctors and lawyers aren't very happy right now with right. our joyful system um uh-huh. and plus can you picture me in pantyhose that's that's no bizarre. or like scrubs. it just doesn't work no no so like i'm trying real hard to make it in la and i think screenwriting is my thing and like that was oh. what was happening in the back of my mind that i think kind of made me a natural fit for copywriting i wasn't just thinking about how can i be a writer i was like what can i write that is fun for me to write but will also pay me Nice. Not like so. So that's how I wound up in screenwriting, and I'm looking at these writer guild minimums, going, "Yeah, I'm going to be a showrunner. I'm going to be the next Shonda Rhimes. Yeah, creating (laughs) worlds and all that stuff." So I bounced around all the majors, worked on a bunch of TV shows in different studios, interns, interned my little fanny off. Um, Wound up at the Oprah Winfrey Network as a digital production assistant, and got laid off right before the network launched. Too. Oh man, so frustrating. And then I couldn't find a job after that. Like everything seemed to dry up. I wasn't getting any callbacks. I was running out of money. LA isn't a very friendly town to people (laughs) who don't have money. No, Um, it's not. And in a fit of desperation, it was like a couple months of me looking for work and networking and pounding the pavement and I can't make anything. And like, yeah, I wasn't just sitting around collecting unemployment. I was hustling hard and still callbacks. Figures, of course. I'm like sitting on the couch. Woe is me fashion era you know the eating pants are on we're, we're going there <laughs> and somewhere and everybody's got depression pants don't lie oh um, yeah we do they're super comfy and they're usually covered in stains but um my my brain just popped up and said hey do you remember this conversation from one screenwriting class like three years ago and i was like yes i do tell me more and my brain said you were talking to a lady who's a journalist and she interviewed a dude named Peter Bowerman who wrote a book called The Well-Fed Writer. Do you remember that book? Go get it now. With $20 you don't have. That's a lot of 39 cent Del Taco tacos. 
Oh, yeah. Go buy that book from Barnes and Noble because that was before Amazon was a thing. Remember that, kids? Yeah. Um, <laughs> went to Barnes and Noble, found it, spent 20 very expensive dollars on this book, read it in an afternoon, and, and that was what made it click. Oh, it makes sense to me that somebody has to write those brochures and those emails and those billboards and those commercial jingles. I could figure that out. Look at me. I can figure it out. <laughs> then I proceeded to flounder my way through figuring things out neither having the skill and understanding or depth of marketing knowledge mm. that I have now, nor the business skills, um, and still just kind of like floundered and flopped and somehow made connections with folks like you until I had a moment after, after I think like two years of struggling and not being able to uh, figure out what I was doing that was leading to this like feast or famine cycle that we all know right. as, as freelancers. Right. Um, I decided I just had this flash of insight again that was like, all right, well, what if I went and got really good at the writing piece of this and just got paid to learn? So take it, take a copy job, try and find a marketing job somewhere where I can get better at this thing. Then I could probably figure out the rest of it as long as I'm very confident Ooh. in this piece of it. And that turned out to be a really good move for me because I had a series of wonderful mentors and I got to learn both sides of the copywriting business, the more branding, you know co-commercials side of it and the direct response stuff that I know that you specialize in. Um, and I don't know, it, it was just a great grounding experience. I, I put out catalogs. I had drive time radio spots. Like I didn't win awards, How but I sold millions of dollars. So that's very cool. That's a cool foundation. I actually didn't know that part about you. Oh, you and I, um, <clears throat> I didn't know that back piece. No, I, I actually interviewed Peter Bowerman on, on, um, we did a teleclass together and this model blew his mind. It's like, you can get paid like what it would cost. Like it was, I think maybe $27 or something for a teleseminar at that time. And we got hundreds of people. And so he's like, are you serious? Let's do this again. <laughs> we never did, but, but he was, the whole model baffled him as far as mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur and working the copies part of it. So it was very interesting. Yeah. There's so many different ways it, to approach it. I think he gets it, but like, it's weird how we kind of parse things in our minds. Right. Cause like he's got his whole store with products and his own books and stuff that he sells and he's got his newsletter and stuff like, so he gets it on a level, but right. maybe not, not, he thinks he doesn't get it. <laughs> not that, yeah, but not that you could actually get people on, on a call. It's, it's, it's more mm -hmm. of like a, like tangible stuff. Like he, that made mm -hmm. more sense to him. But anyway, yeah. it, it was, it's just, he's a really cool guy. And it's funny that I haven't heard that name in a while. It's a, it's yeah. a great book. And I mean, yeah, it, it's a fantastic book. And I kind of glossed over the part that you mentioned that you wanted to learn more about, which was living in the car. So I could tell you uh -huh. more about that. So do. that's, that's how I wound up moving from LA to Northern California to San Jose, where I, I used to live in Silicon Valley. Um, when I was running out of money in LA, I mean, the landlords don't take I'm hoping I'm looks. working toward it. I need, you know, we had to, my roommate who was a lovely, lovely woman went back to France and I had nowhere to go and I couldn't afford the apartment on my own. So I called my very best friend in the whole world who is a, like the biggest heart, uh, hmm. somehow talked their spouse into letting me live on their couch for 10 whole months. Oh my three gosh. Three adults, three cats wow. and a baby in a wow. one bedroom, one bathroom apartment. Yeah, it was rough. And this was me. That's this is wild. where I was trying to figure out how to be a writer and run the business and like struggling. 
So 10 months, I'm taking meetings. I'm going to Chamber of Commerce. I'm trying every prospecting method under the sun. I'm applying to hundreds of jobs. Like I'm doing everything I can to make this work. Um, And eventually they're like, the stress of this is too much. We need a bigger place, especially with the baby as he gets bigger. Mm. So uh, can you go with us? If so, what's your budget? And I'm like... I yeah. can't. No, zero. <laughs> like, I can't commit to anything because I can't stabilize what I'm bringing in with the business. And uh, we had to have a very hard conversation where, you know, they they found the apartment for them. They moved uh-huh. on and I didn't. And right. like I had a lot of long nights on the floor of that apartment trying to figure out my next steps, which is when <laughs> this I still can't explain it this day because it doesn't make any damn sense. Sorry. Can we swear on this? Yeah, you can. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I asked a little bit belatedly on that. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense at all that this voice inside me says, you've got parents at home in Texas that are willing to take you in and let you get back up on your feet. You've got people that care for you that are willing to to let you work on this a little bit more, give you some more time. Or you could live in your car in the most expensive metro in the United States. <laughs> and... This little voice inside my head said, if you go back to Texas, you will wait tables for the rest of your life. Mm, Right. This is where you need to be right now. This is where things are going to happen. And so I can't explain it, but like something in my gut saw the the crossroads ahead of me and said, no, I'm taking the harder path. And the funny thing about this is that literally the day, so my my friends moved and I had like a, a week or two in the apartment by myself. Uh, the day that they came back over for the walkthrough and I had to turn in keys is the day that I got the call with the first junior copywriting job. Wow. The day. You can't make this shit up. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So thankfully for me, my homeless, like my time living in my car was relatively short. It was only a couple of weeks until I, you know, sweet talked my way into a wonderful housemate situation with somebody that didn't ask too many questions about where I was coming from and didn't ask for the whole (laughs) like, Posit first month, last month thing. Like I was able to kind of slide by um, and not spend too much time in my car, which I am very grateful for. But very, yeah. I was was (laughs) right. Hey, it builds character, right? It it really does. And I mean, I've talked with somebody else on my show about that before. Like it makes things a little bit less risky. Like I still feel all those fears just because I've got a lot of money stories in my head from growing up poor. Right. I don't, I don't like the idea of losing the money. I've worked very hard to head trash, right. (laughs) To build up. But I also know in the back of my head that if I lose everything tomorrow, there is a way back from this. I've been through this before. It'll turn out all right. Right. That's, it's very reassuring. And it's, Mm -hmm. uh, it's easy to slip into a depression if you aren't able to pull yourself up like out of that and it's oh yeah it's really easy to beat yourself up and to fall into the comparison trap like especially yes back then I was really bad about that here are all these other people that I should be more like they're figuring things out they're getting better contracts and it's taken me years and I still struggle with that to kind of break that thought pattern of where I think I should be in comparison to my peers but the more accurate comparison I'm learning for me is beginner me to beginner them not yeah. current me to current them. Like I have to be accurate and compare where they were when they were at my level. Um, and and even then, like the the more powerful comparison is, did I grow compared to yesterday? Am I making forward I steps like or that. am I staying still? So like, 
It, all the answers are within you already. It's not they the are. next shiny course. It's not the next guru. Like you have the answers. Just learn to trust them. Do, like I, I remember feeling it, it's so true when I was um, going to events when I was first starting out in the, the early 2000s, the same thing, uh, just this horrible imposter syndrome. I, I remember mm-hmm. going to um, what was it called? Oh, my gosh. The system this big, mm-hmm. big uh, marketing event with like 3000 people in San Francisco. And the first speaker got on the stage, it was Alex Mendozian. And he was so dynamic. And he was so excited. He actually mm-hmm. fell off the stage. He's bouncing around <laughs> and vendors and, and like, you know, and he's putting us through this funnel and getting our emails and stuff. And, and I went in the bathroom and I cried. I'm like, I can never do this. I'll never be able to do this. Oh. And I mean, it was it was so you just see them at their best and you mm-hmm. compare your beginner you it's it's not fair it's not fair to ourselves yeah because we're learning so much at at when you're first yeah. beginning it's a it's just a fire hose of stuff right there's i like to i like to compare i like to call it you are comparing your backstage shit show to somebody <laughs> else's right opening night broadway production yes Yes. And they've been working on it and spending millions on it and, you know, been through cast members, been through changes like they've been through it to get to opening night. But you're looking at their opening night production as if they all just showed up five minutes before the show. That's so true. All together. That's not the way it works. It's not. But it's just so easy to slip into that. And no matter what level you're at, I mean, I still have to remind myself it's taken years and years and, and I'll still will slip into it. Sometimes it's like, Oh, yeah. you know, she's got all her, all her shit together. Like my friend, Allie Brown, we were, I don't know. We were very close. We still are very close, but like, she's just, she's got so much going on. And then, you know, we'll have our private conversations and it's like, well, it ain't all that. Hun. <laughs> it's just not mm-hmm. always. And it's like that with no matter how big you are or how oh, yeah. successful you are. I think that was the biggest surprise to me because, I, you know, as as I grew and then eventually I took over running a, a marketing team for a very large guru in the Internet marketing space. And that got me invited to a lot of private rooms with a lot of people who are right high powered and they're making a lot of money and they're making moves. They're, they're the ones that people in the industry look up to. And it shocked me because I always had this perception of what was behind the next door. And it was always way harder than whatever I'm dealing with now, which is inherently intimidating, right? Yes. I don't even know what's behind that door. That's scary. I don't know if I can face it. Behind every door was the same shit at a different level. It was people figuring out how to run now multi-million dollar businesses while dealing with a a divorce or a partner dying. It was Mm. people running a multi-million dollar business and dealing with difficult clients or dealing with difficult teammates. Like it was the same human problems just at a different level and a different scale because there's more money now right and it's so I think that's the biggest surprise that like every time I got behind that door that I was scared to open it was the same problems we're just Uh going on an upward spiral here right just bigger they're not really bigger problems to us they would seem bigger problems like my my uh, ex-father-in-law started Amco and so he was yes he he was very very wealthy and so he kept buying things. And so now his mm-hmm. problems are, how am I going to pay for this yacht? And, you know, it's oh. like, so <laughs> yeah. for, for me, it's like, you have a fucking yacht. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But for him, it was still like, how do I run it? How do I keep the staff? And how do I, you know, 
pay for the whatever, all the taxes. And mm-hmm. so it's just, like you said, it's different scale altogether. Oh, yeah. And that's why it's important to find, I mean, the people who are where you are and they want to go where you want to go. Because I heard it described really interestingly that like, to be, so we run in a lot of entrepreneurial circles. So there would be people who have businesses that they just did a product launch and it was like 99,000 or 999,000. And they're like, they just, just barely missed, missed that. that one more. And they would have made that big number. And to somebody who's struggling to right. put their business together or find the money to pay for that, like that being a problem isn't even real. <laughs> doesn't register. Like, right. So it's, it's different levels and different problems. And so is that a real problem in the scheme of the world? Probably not because, you know, they've got bills paid. Do they have problems because they're at that level? Absolutely. They get to be human and have different problems, even if they're unrelatable to us. So it's been an interesting learning experience as I move up. Yeah, no doubt. And speaking of moving, let's talk a little about your nomadness madness what's it happened how how did this happen and what is it well that was another reaction to an unexpected situation that happened in my life so it's been it's been a few years now so this is no don't don't cry any tears for me audience listening to this (laughs) she's good i i was in a serious relationship with the one you know so i thought we were in the process of buying a house i had met his mom we'd taken family photos like it was a whole thing We were on track. The plan was in place. I very much loved this person. And then one day, uh, six days after I turned a notice to this high ranking team I was on, by the way, I was to start the podcast that you mentioned at the beginning. Um, He tells me, I don't think I love you the way that you love me. And I'm going to move into the new house by myself. The Ah. house that he bought behind my back. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they're a little bit, you know, I, I don't oh. wish him any ill will, but that was a little bit slimy there, friends. Karma Car- um, might come around. Yeah, I, I suspect. I suspect. Um, and no, we, we don't. Nobody send him any bags of dicks or anything. Hint, hint. Um, <laughs> litter ones, preferably. Litter right. is craft herpes. But <laughs> it, it'll get everywhere. Um, so... I mean, again, I'm like f- faced with this situation. My whole world has fallen apart. I've just turned and notice at my job. I'm going out on my own. Now I'm really going out on my own because mm. I don't have anything that I thought I was going to have while going into this new endeavor as a coach and a podcast host. And, you know, after the initial deluge of getting all of the feelings out, I just had this moment of clarity of like, here are my options. My options are stay in this place, take over the lease. Don't like that. We built a lot of memories here. Um, don't want yeah. them to... Ten minutes down the road waiting for a lonely night, not happening. Uh, (laughs) Other options, move in with mom or dad, both of whom have graciously offered again. I'm like, I'm not in a position where I need to do that. Let's not do that until we need to, because I don't need to be anybody's roommate right now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Buy a house on my own. Mm, Nope. I saw the process that we were going through in buying this one. It was right when uh, the real estate boom was taking off during early 2020. Right. And things were starting to go nuts. So I was like, buy it now. And Houston has never really felt like home, which is where we were living at the time. And rent a place, same thing. I, I'm committing to 12 more months in Houston, and I don't really right. like that. Uh, plus, we're in Houston. You could drive four mi- four hours straight and still be in Houston somewhere. So like, how oh my do you decide where to move? It's a huge city. I had no and idea. At some point, 
that little voice again, deep inside said, well, if you don't want to be here and you don't know where you want to go, then the next step is finding out where you want to go. Go everywhere. And so, yeah, it just made sense to me that like, I've always wanted to travel for one reason or another. I've never been able to get any of my exes to travel with me and explore these places. It's usually me going somewhere by myself or for a business trip. So what if I just visit all the places I've always wanted to go to and see what I can see, learn what I can learn and find what feels like home to me. In my mind, it was like trying on a whole bunch of different jackets to find the one that feels right and makes me look Mm. good. Like, right. So yeah. So I spent the last few years trying on a whole bunch of jackets, basically. But how do you do this, Angie? How do you get, how do you decide where you're going to go next? Do you have like a mapped out itinerary, like a a basic outline or do you have a list? I have like a general idea of where I want to go. It has to be drivable because I've packed everything into my car and that's how I travel with, with me and my cat. What uh, kind of car? Stella. 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 It's a little Kia Soul. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> You're I good at packing. Every... <laughs> we were talking before we started recording about the fact that right. I travel with a folding desk, a full <laughs> podcast setup, an external monitor that's 27 inches. Like I travel... Oh, yeah. Some stuff. We're not talking backpacking, but the container store is your friend if you need to visit because they got containers that'll fit like on the floorboards and the seats and make everything nice and flat and level. Yeah. Wow. Container store. I did not know um, this. My life fits in the container store. <laughs> <laughs> Where so, was the first place I mean, you went? Where'd the you first place out? was New Orleans, which ah, was fantastic. Love, love that place. Best food. The only difference was I had never been to New Orleans before. And I went during Mardi Gras and Mardi Gras was oh, shit. in 2021. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it was another example, like exactly what you're talking about with make the best of a situation, cowgirl up, do what you need to do. Right. The whole city came together. And like, I think one rich ass person off St. Charles decided to hire an out-of-work float artist to create some over-the-top decor for their big old mansion, right? right? And then everybody started following suit and going, right, right, these guys are going to be out of work without the parades, so why don't we just hire them to decorate our houses? So then the house floats popped up. Everybody went over the top with Mardi Gras decorations, and you could just walk down the street and have like your own little parade. So (laughs) <laughs> Even though they didn't have the big Mardi Gras parades the year that right. I went, the the spirit was very much there. That's and cool. It was incredible. I spent six weeks. I I spent about six weeks in each place because that feels like uh-huh. enough time to kind of unpack and settle in and get to know the neighborhood and the people. I mean, the people has always been the great thing to me because I went into New Orleans with this big old list of the things I've got to do based on all the research I did. You know, I'm a researcher. Right? Yeah, uh, I threw that list out the window the first time I went to a place and I just started talking to someone local and I told them, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing here. It's my first time here. And they'd be like, you need to go here. You need to go here. You need to talk to so-and-so. And I would just do what people recommended and see what happens. I love then, that. It just unfolds oh, yeah. like organically. Mm-hmm. I would find such great places, share such great meals, have such memorable conversations. Like it was, it was amazing. And when I was there, you know, becoming one with the couch, because I was still dealing with some breakup grief, I'm trying to figure out where I'm going next, because I know I've got a limited time window. And I was thinking that I was going to go along the Gulf Coast down into Florida. Mm. And then at some point, I think probably on a sunny day in Jackson Square, when I was listening to a second line band and going, oh. This is great. Like just music in the air is fantastic. 
And I went, what if I just went to the musical towns? And oh, so from New Orleans, oh, wow. I went to Memphis and I went to Nashville and then I went to Asheville, North Carolina. And so like, and then that, though, all of those are like usually four to six hours drive from wherever I'm staying is fair game. And that's where I'm going next. And that's, that's the entire plan in a nutshell. I don't have it <laughs> mapped out months in advance. I'm like, right. what direction do I want to go? How can I get there within four to six hours? Maybe eight on the outside if I've got somewhere to go, but I got a cat to consider too. I could drive. 12 hours yeah. stretch, but how is that? Handle that. How does, that's I, I drove from North Carolina to California with my cat when I was mm-hmm. like right out of college to be an actress, right? So mm-hmm. his name was Marvin Gaye. And about somewhere halfway through, I could not find him in the car. Oh, he no. would not, he he burrowed himself down. I thought he got out at a rest stop or something. And then when I finally settled down, he he emerged. So how does Stella handle all of this? Um, she's a holy terror. Uh, (laughs) She is one of the small percentage of cats, I think, that cannot be drugged. She she must have some sort of reaction to anesthesia or she doesn't like the feeling of going under or whatever. Mm. But like if you give her a tranquilizer, a kitty sedative when she's had to go to the vet and be put under, she fights it with all of her might. And my little mellow cuddly girl turns into a raging demon. At that point. So wow. I already knew going into this that it was going to be rough. You know, I don't know how she's going to travel. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if she's going to travel well. So I would take her, you know, it was probably about a month between the breakup and when I actually hit the road for the first time. So I had plenty of time to like call my stuff, move some things into storage. Right. Get all of the packaging and stuff that would help me pack the car. And I got like some leashes and harnesses and like little pet booster seat for the front seat. And I would take her on little test runs and see, Smart. you know, can I, can I drive her yeah. uh, two miles down the road to Sonic and get a shake, you know, and just sit here with her in the front. And and that's actually become our little pit stop. If I can find a Sonic on the road, then I will <laughs> usually stop at lunch, let her out of the carrier. She'll wander around. She'll charm the car hops that come to the window because she wants to meet everybody. Um, wow. She just can't be drugged. And the very first time I hit the road to New Orleans, I accidentally, but I think the universe conspired to make sure that I wasn't alone that day. I had scheduled a day long like Zoom meeting. Uh And so I was literally like driving, listening to the Zoom. And then when they would call on me, I would unmute and I'd go, sorry. And they would just hear in the background. (laughs) She sang me the song of her people. The entire six hours from Houston to New Orleans. Um, She has since calmed down a lot. I think she's gotten used to the routine and kind Uh of, and she'll show me out a little bit for the first couple hours, but I'll tell you the secret. The secret is podcasts come in full circle to what we're talking about here. How hilarious. Uh, I listen to the, my favorite murder podcast when I'm driving. Yes. I love that. Yes. As a single woman traveling to strange cities you've never yes. been to by yourself. Why wouldn't you listen to stories about her and this murder? But they're so funny and they uh, talk so much back and forth that I don't know. I've great. always joked about, I know, I'm going to write into them one day with just the subject line, you put my cat to sleep, funny, like, <laughs> and see if they read great. it on the air. But like, yeah, when I put on her ladies, as I tell her, calm down, I'm putting on your ladies. Uh, usually within 30 minutes to an hour on the road she just settles down curls up into a ball and goes to sleep and i thought surely i was joking it can't be this podcast that is putting her to sleep until i drove through monument valley and i lost signal 
and uh-huh. the podcast couldn't stream anymore. Right. As soon as it went silent, she woke up and started meowing. And as soon as oh it came God. back in range, she went back to sleep. Wow. You totally have to kill, uh, write into them. They'll love it. That's so, yeah. That's podcast sweet. put my cat to sleep and that's how we can travel. <laughs> wow. Is she in like a carrier when she's on your seat or what, how does she? Yeah. Yeah. I keep her. She wears a, a reflective harness just in case she gets out. She is a solid black cat. So she would be right. fairly easy to lose in strange yes. places. Especially yes. since she likes to hide. Um, yes. So it's got a little reflective gear. She also has a backpack because if I stop in somewhere that is really hot or really cold, I am wary of leaving her in the car for too long. <laughs> like if I have to get gas sure. or, or anything like that. So it's a backpack that has some clear mesh panels. But the funny thing is that it's black inside and she's black. Right. So when I'm wearing the backpack, people don't know where the meowing is coming from. They just see eyes <laughs> and teeth. I get to scare the hell out of people when I'm wearing my cat in my backpack. That is, I hear how strange it is when I'm saying it, but I can't stop myself from saying it. I got to see a picture of that. That sounds adorable. I'm going to have to find that. Yeah. You have to go in a mirror and like do a, you know, mm -hmm. a a picture behind you. That's the only way I can think or have someone do it. I got one, I think once right before I left to travel, because I had to take her and get her all all her shots and stuff like that. I had to tell all my Airbnb hosts I'm traveling with a cat. I don't don't sneak animals into places, folks. That's inconsiderate of people that have allergies. Oh yeah. Let's, let's be clear. You're not, you're not Mm -hmm. going to these places and staying in your car. You've graduated now to Airbnb. You're not. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's, <laughs> That's the part that I left out. I would go to a place and I would find a neighborhood, an Airbnb that looks lovely, that looked close right. to the things that I wanted to go to, that had high speed Wi Fi so that I could take care of business and record the podcast. Um, and the cool thing was, like, the whole first year on the road, um, everybody that I stayed with, they were wonderful hosts. It was small operations like mom and pop nice. shops. Um, I met every single one of the hosts, they met Stella. The, the lady Bianca that hosted me in New Orleans brought me a whole king cake for Mardi Gras one day, like a whole Ooh, 10 wow. to 15 person. And she said, and it was Sunday before Mardi Gras. She goes, you have to eat this by Tuesday at midnight. Good luck. <laughs> That's not fair. Oh my God. Did you do it? I did. I, I had cake for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for two <laughs> days straight, but I did it. And um, what happened? But I don't Is even. Good luck? What, what's the point? Well, it's it's like heading into Lent in this season where you oh, are okay. uh, giving up. That Tuesday, uh, I gotcha. Which is really funny because I don't observe Lent. So like there wasn't really any <laughs> kind of like, there's no penalty if I don't eat it by Tuesday at midnight. But yes. yeah, exactly. It was a good excuse to see if I could eat cake. <laughs> yeah. That I would, long without, yeah. That's funny. So that was an adventure. Um, And I mean, in Nashville, met excellent hosts. Nashville in particular. I stayed in a place that had three stories and the couple Ooh. that hosted, they lived on the second floor. They rented out the third and the basement. I stayed in the basement. We would go out into the yard every night and hang out with them and watch fireflies and like talk. Oh. Oh, I went out one day and came back and the Lori was the lady's name. I remember her. She had left a jar of dried catnip leaves on the patio nice. for Stella. Yeah. So like, if you do Airbnb and you stay away from the property managers, you can usually have a really great human to human experience if you let that happen. Like cool. if you want to be standoffish, that's your right. But like if you open yourself up to talking to your host and asking for recommendations and you know, it, it can be a really lovely experience. That's very cool. 
That's excellent. Yeah. So now what are you, you're doing something now, you're home-based back at your parents. You finally relented and moved back to Texas. Yes. So tell me yes. about that. Well, I had a, uh, a chance encounter on the road with a lovely human being who I decided to enter into a business partnership with. And we have been in growth mode for quite some time. And right. between what we were building and me working on this freaking book, Permission to Kick Ass, for the last <gasps> five years. There's a I book? Like, There's a book? There is. I've been working on it for five years, and this is Angie, the year that it comes cool. out. Yes. I'm committing to it. We're, we're saying it out we're loud here for it. people. This is going to, yes. Hold my feet to the fire, folks. I need the external yes. pressure. Um, I could delay this for the next 10 years easily. No, promise. you can't. We need it. We need it out here now. So it was like between those two things, something has to give. And I just need to stay in one place and focus right now because it's a lot of logistics to manage the mm -hmm. constant travel, right? Um, oh, yeah. And so we've been here, we've been in build mode. And it's funny because like now that I have the quiet and the focus time and we've been building, 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 like the further down we, this path we've gotten, the more that quiet voice pops up again and says, is this the path that you're meant to be on? Or do you need to be following this book and the podcast and oh, all of that growth? Right. And so, I mean, this, it's it's amicable because we started as friends before we were business partners, but we're actually in the process of of no longer being business partners so that we can go I back to being friends and Disney nerds. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's a hard conversation and yeah, an interesting experience that I've never been through before either. But just another instance of where like, sometimes you have to make hard calls and you have to, to listen to that inner voice that says, there's something here that's not working, no matter how much I love these people. Yeah. No matter, no matter how much I love the work. And that every time that voice pops up, I've learned to listen to it, even if it's really uncomfortable and scary. That's, that's really great. And it's, um, mm -hmm. I'm happy to hear that too, because I, I just, this feels right. From the moment you mm -hmm. talked about your podcast, Permission to Kick Ass, it's like, that's, that's your mantra. And it's what yes. you, you teach other people. And it, it's not that it's always easy. It's scary sometimes, just like, mm -hmm. you know, cowgirling up can be scary too. Same kind of thing. And it's, it's just oh, yeah. makes sense to put all of you into that, to birth it. Yeah. Good That's for you. I, think, I didn't, I had not known this. Well, we, we, that is really recent with the partnership thing, but right, right. I'm excited because when I, when I started thinking about, okay, so if I am going to launch this book, when I launch this book this year, when you what am I going to do? How am I going to support this? What am I going to grow? What am I going to offer? And I could just feel the excitement building. Cause I'm like, ah, I do this and I could do that. And I could do that. And I was just so excited to build things that that was how I knew that like, this is the right straight. choice. This is the right yeah. thing to focus on. Yeah. And that's where that idea came from that led to us talking like this, because after you were on my podcast, which was right. an excellent episode, so many people wrote to me, by the way, y'all go listen oh. to it. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mentioned after we stopped recording, after we got off the air, that I had this like funny little goal of being on 40 shows or stages or publications by the time I turned 40 later this year. And now that's going to be the whole theme for the remainder of the year. Ah, love it. In my my book launch on my 40th birthday, December 1st of this year. Yes. Yes. So yes. So this year is all it's about the perfect. big 4-0 and launching that freaking book. And I we're going to get it. it done. Ah, that's wonderful. I'm so happy to hear that on this podcast. <laughs> this you heard it first. Yes. 
Yes. And we will hold your feet to the fire. So Angie, how do people get a, get a hold of you um, now that you're in one place? It doesn't really matter because it's yeah. all cyber, but how do people reach you? And and um, what are, are you just focused on yourself? I should ask you that first. Are you, are you yeah. doing any coaching or are you just? Um, I am doing writing? some coaching and some consulting. Um, okay. I really love working with growth stage businesses because uh and what I really love working on is the people part of the business, because I've noticed, especially with the rise of technology, we really struggle to talk to uh, each other as humans. Yeah. And as marketers, I'm sure you've seen this, like we've all learned the tactics and the strategies. And then I see so many people follow the tactics and the strategies and they get to the one yard line and they don't know how to have a conversation and they drop a bo- the ball. Or they assume that like some little red flag, you know, that was just an innocent communication mistake means that this whole relationship needs to get thrown down the drain. And like, that's not necessarily the case. These conversations can be hard and tricky, but that doesn't mean that the relationship is worth throwing away. So like, I've made it my mission to help people learn how to talk to each other and like to feel confident about what you're talking about, because that's been a whole journey for me. I have not been the best peopler. my entire life so if I can help how you learn how to do it by learning doing it it's all trial and error so um you can find out more about the work that I'm doing at angiecoley.com or permission to kick ass.com and of course I would love it if you listen and subscribe and rate to the show permission to kick ass is on all of the streaming services so yeah yeah your podcast is amazing it's so much fun It really is. Like I said, that you inspired me to want to do one because you make it look so fun. It's a lot more work than it looks like, but (laughs) it is, but it's, but there's a way to make it to where you get to focus on the fun stuff. So that's, that's where I'm at. I'm grateful for that. Good deal. Good deal. Thank you, Angie, for making time. I, it's just always so much. I just like want to hang out with you every time I see you. I just want to hang out more. Oh yes. Never long I'm sorry we missed each other last year when I was in Arizona, but you know, timing sometimes. I know. Sometimes it does. It does. Now I have a Jeep. So wherever you go, I'll find you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Making it happen. Totally. All right, Angie. Permission to kick ass. Thank you again. And we'll talk soon, darling. Thank you. So that's it for this episode of The Cowgirl Code with Lori Morgan. Please like, subscribe, comment, wherever it is that you're listening. And I'll see you next time. Bye.